0: Welcome to the audio lecture for uh, Module 9, let's get right into it. Chapter 5, Section 4, The Rise of Christianity Early in the Pax Romana, a new religion, Christianity, arose in a distant corner of the Roman Empire. At first, Christianity was one of many religions practiced in the Empire, but the new faith grew rapidly, and throughout the AD 380s and 390s, it was gradually made the official religion of the Roman Empire. As it gained strength and spread through the empire, Christianity reshaped Roman beliefs. When the Romans fell, the Christian church took over much of its role, becoming the central institution of Western civilization for nearly a thousand years. Within the culturally diverse Roman Empire, various religions' beliefs coexisted. Jupiter, Mars, Juno, and other traditional Roman gods remained important. However, a growing number of people looked elsewhere for spiritual fulfillment. Roman tolerates diversity. Some people turned to the so-called mystery religions, which emphasize secret rituals and promise special rewards. One of the most popular of these was the cult of Isis, which started in Egypt and offered women equal status with men. Roman soldiers favored the cult of the Persian god Mithras, who championed good over evil and offered life after death. Generally, Rome tolerated the varied religious traditions of its subjects. As long as citizens showed loyalty by honoring Roman gods and acknowledging the divine spirit of the emperor, the government allowed them to worship other gods as they pleased. Because most people were polytheistic, they were content to worship the gods along with their own. Divisions Arise in Judea By 63 BC, the Romans had conquered Judea, where most Jews of the time lived. To avoid violating the Jewish belief in one god, the Romans excused Jews from worshipping Roman gods. Among the Jewish people themselves, however, religious ferment was creeping deep divisions. During the Hellenistic Age, many Jews absorbed Greek customs and ideas. Concerned about the weakening of their religion, Jewish conservatives rejected these influences and called for strict obedience to Jewish laws and traditions. While most Jews were reluctantly willing to live under Roman rule, others called zealots, spelled Z-E-A-L-O-T-S, were not. They called on Jews to revolt against Rome and re-establish an independent state. Some Jews believed that a Messiah, spelled M-E-S-S-I-A-H, or anointing king sent by God, would soon appear to lead their people to freedom. In AD 66, discontent flared into rebellion. Four years later, Roman forces crushed the rebels, captured Jerusalem, and destroyed the Jewish temple. When revolts broke out again in the next century, Roman armies leveled Jerusalem. Thousands of Jews were killed in the fighting, and many others were enslaved and transported to various parts of the empire. Faced with the destruction that resulted from the rebellions, growing numbers of Jews decided to leave Judea. Although the Jewish people were defined in their efforts to regain political independence, they survived in scattered communities around the Mediterranean. Over the centuries, Jewish religious teachers, called rabbis, extended and preserved the Jewish law, and Judaism survived. Jesus Proclaims His Teachings As turmoil engulfed the Jews in Judea, a new religion, Christianity, arose among them. It began among the followers of a Jew named Jesus. Almost all the information we have about the life of Jesus comes from the Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament of the Christian Bible. Early Christians attributed the writing of these accounts to four followers of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus was born about 4 BC in Bethlehem, near Jerusalem. According to the Gospels, he was a descendant of King David of Israel. The Gospels say an angel told Jesus' mother, Mary, that she would give birth to the Messiah. He will be great, said the angel, and will be called the Son of the Most High God. Growing up in the small town of Nazareth, spelled N-A-Z-A-R-E-T-H, Jesus worshipped God and followed Jewish law. As a young man, he may have worked as a carpenter. At the age of 30, the Gospels relate, he began preaching to the villagers near the Sea of Galilee, spelled G-A-L-I-L-E-E. Large crowds gathered to hear his teachings, especially when word spread that he had performed miracles of healing. Jesus often used parables or short stories with a simple moral lesson to communicate his ideas. He recruited twelve of his disciples, or close followers, to help him in his mission. He called these twelve the Apostles, spelled A-P-O-S-T-L-E-S, a name that in Greek means a person sent forth. After three years, Jesus and his disciples went to Jerusalem to spread his message there. Jesus' teachings were firmly rooted in Jewish tradition. Jesus believed in one God and accepted the Ten Commandments. He preached obedience to the laws of Moses and defended the teachings of the Jewish prophets. However, Jesus also preached new beliefs. According to his followers, he called himself the Son of God. Many people believed he was the long-anticipated Messiah. Jesus proclaimed that his mission was to bring spiritual salvation and eternal life to anyone who believed in him. Echoing the teachings of Judaism, Jesus emphasized God's love and taught the need for justice, morality, and service to others. According to Jesus, a person's major duty was to observe the Jewish command to love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus also emphasized the importance of forgiveness. According to Gospels, Jesus traveled to Jerusalem near the time of the Jewish festival of Passover, a celebration of the Exodus from Egypt. To the Roman authorities, Jesus was a threat because his speeches could inflame those eager to end Roman rule. The Gospels state that Jesus was betrayed by one of his disciples. He was then arrested by the Romans, tried, and condemned to death by crucifixion. In this method of execution, which the Romans often used, a person was nailed or bound to a cross and left to die. Jesus' crucifixion threw his disciples into confusion, but then rumors spread through Jerusalem that Jesus was not dead at all. The Gospels report that his disciples saw and talked with Jesus, who had risen from the dead. The Gospels go on to say that Jesus, after commanding his disciples to spread his teachings to all people, ascended into heaven. The Message of Christianity Spreads After Jesus' death, the apostles and other disciples did spread his message. At first, they preached only among the Jews of Judea. Some Jews accepted the teaching that Jesus was the Messiah, or the Christ, from the Greek word for Anointed One. Soon, they were called Christians. Gradually, these disciples went to preach in Jewish communities throughout the Roman world. According to tradition, the Apostle Peter established Christianity in the city of Rome itself. But Paul, a Jew from Asia Minor, played the most influential role in spreading Christianity. Paul had never met Jesus. In fact, he had been among those who persecuted Jesus' followers. But one day, Paul had a vision of Jesus speaking to him. He immediately joined the Christians and decided to spread Jesus' teaching to Gentiles, spelled G-E-N-T-I-L-E-S, or non-Jews. Until this time, Christianity had remained a sect within Judaism. The work of missionaries like Paul set Christianity on the road to becoming a world religion. A tireless traveler, Paul journeyed around the Mediterranean and set up churches in Asia Minor and Greece. In letters to the Christian communities, he explained difficult doctrines, judged disputes, and expanded Christians' teachings, emphasizing that Jesus had sacrificed his, love, his life out of love for humankind. Paul asserted that those who believed Jesus was the Son of God and complied with his teachings would achieve salvation or eternal life. His, later, his letters became part of the New Testament. Rome's tolerant attitude toward religion was not extended to Christianity. Roman officials found the Christians disloyal to Rome because they refused to honor the emperor with sac- uh, sacrifices or asked the traditional gods to protect the Roman state. When Christians met in secret to avoid persecution, rumors spread that they were engaged in evil practices. In times of trouble, persecution increased. Some Roman rulers, such as Nero, used Christians as scapegoats, blaming them for social or economic ills. Christians who were killed in times of persecution became known as martyrs, or M-A-R-T-Y-R-S, or people who suffer or die for their beliefs. According to the tradition, both Peter and Paul were martyred in Rome during the reign of Nero. Despite the attacks, Christianity continued to spread throughout the Roman world. Jesus had welcomed all people, especially the lowly, the poor, and the oppressed. These people found comfort in his message of love, as well as his teachings of equality, dignity, and the promise of better life beyond the grave. As they did their work, Christian missionaries like Paul used ideas from Plato, the Stoics, and other Greek philosophers to explain Jesus' message. A religion that incorporated the discipline and moderation of Greek philosophy appealed in particular to educated Romans. The unity of the Roman Empire also eased the work of missionaries. Christians traveled along Roman roads and across the Mediterranean Sea, which was protected by Roman fleets. Early Christian documents were usually written in Greek or Latin, languages that many people across the empire understood. Even persecution brought new converts. Observing the willingness of Christians to die for their religion, people were impressed by the strength of Christians' belief. The blood of the martyrs is the seed of the Christian church, noted one Roman. The persecution of Christians finally ended in AD 313, when the emperor Constantine, spelled C-O-N-S-T-A-N-T-I-N-E, issued the Edict of Milan. It granted freedom of worship to all citizens of the Roman Empire. By the end of the century, the emperor Theodosius, spelled T-H-E-O-D-O-S-I-U-S, had made Christianity the official religion of the Roman Empire and repressed the practice of other faiths. The church grew in power and developed its own bureaucracy along that of the empire. Early Christian communities shared a common faith in the teachings of Jesus and a common way of worship. Only gradually, however, did these scattered communities come together as a structured church. To join the Christian community, a person had to be baptized or blessed with holy water. Christians believed that through the rite of baptism, their sins were forgiven by the grace of God. Members of the community were considered equals, and they addressed each other as brother or sister. Each Sunday, Christians gathered for a ceremony of thanksgiving to God. The baptized ate bread and drank wine in a sacred rite called the Eucharist. They did this in the memory of Jesus, whose Last Supper was described in the Gospels. Many women welcomed Christianity's promise that in the church there is neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, neither male nor female, end quote. In early Christian communities, women served as teachers and administrators. Later, women were barred from any official role in the church. Like men, however, they continued to work as missionaries sent out by the church to convert people to Christianity both within the Roman Empire and beyond. Only men were eligible to become members of the Christian clergy, spelled C-L-E-R-G-Y, or the group of people who conduct Christian services. Each Christian community and its clergy were grouped together as a diocese, spelled D-I-O-C-E-S-E. Every diocese had its own priest. Over the priest presided a bishop, a high church official responsible for everyone in his diocese. Bishops traced their spiritual authority to the apostles and through the apostles to Jesus himself. In the early Christian church, all bishops were considered equal successors of the apostles. Gradually, the bishops of the most important cities in the Roman Empire – Rome, Antioch, Alexandria, Jerusalem, and Constantinople – gained greater authority. These bishops took on the honorary title of Patriarch, spelled P-A-T-R-I-A-R-C-H, and exercised authority over other bishops in their area. The Christian Church thus developed into a hierarchy or organization in which officials are arranged according to rank. As the rituals and structure of the church became more defined, rivalry among the patriarchs developed. In the Latin-speaking West, bishops of Rome, who who came to be called popes, began to claim authority over all other bishops. In the Greek-speaking East, where the other four patriarchs lived, the patriarchs felt that the five should share spiritual authority as equals. The emergence of heresies, spelled H-E-R-E-S-I-E-S, or beliefs said to be contrary to official church teachings, also caused division. To end disputes over questions of faith, councils of church leaders met to decide official Christian teachings. Early Christians produced an abundance of works defining Christian theology. The word theology is Greek and means talk or discourse about God. Two leading scholars of the early church were Clement and Origen. Both worked as teachers in Egypt, in Alexandria, a major center of learning in the Roman world. Perhaps the greatest of the early cr- church scholars was Augustine, spelled A-U-G-U-S-T-I-N-E, Bishop of Hippo in North Africa. He combined Christian doctrine with Greco-Roman learn- learning, especially the philosophy of Plato. Chapter 5, Section 5, The Long Decline After ruling the Mediterranean for hundreds of years, the Roman Empire faced threats from inside and outside. Economic problems, foreign invasions, and a decline in traditional values were undermining stability and security. After the death of the Emperor Marcus Aurelius in 100 AD, the Golden Age of the Pax Romana ended. For the next hundred years, political and economic turmoil rocked the Roman Empire. During this period, a disruptive political pattern emerged. Again and again, emperors were overthrown by political intriguers or ambitious generals who seized power with the support of their troops. Those who rose to the power of the throne in this way ruled for just a few months or so until they too were overthrown or assassinated. In one 50-year period, at least 26 emperors resigned. Only one died of natural causes. Political violence and instability had become the rule. At the same time, the emperor empire was shaken by disturbing social and economic trends. High taxes to support the army and the bureaucracy placed heavy burdens on business people and small farmers. Farmland that had been overcultivated for too long lost its productivity. Many poor farmers left their land and sought protection from wealthy landowners. Living on large estates, they worked for the landowners and farmed small plots for themselves. Although technically free, they were not allowed to leave the land. In 284 AD, the Emperor Diocletian, D-I-O-C-L-E-T-I-A-N, set out to restore order. To better handle the challenge of governing the huge empire, he divided it into two parts. He kept control of the wealthier eastern part for himself and appointed a co-emperor, Maximian, to rule the western provinces, spelled M A X I M. I-A-N. Diocletian also took steps to end the empire's economic decay. To slow inflation, or the rapid rise of prices, he fixed the prices of many goods and services. Other laws forced farmers to remain on land. In cities, sons were required to follow their father's occupations. These rules were meant to ensure steady production of food and other goods. In 312 AD, the talented general Constantine gained the throne. As emperor, Constantine continued Diocletian's reforms. In addition, he took two steps that changed the course of European history. First, as we talked about, Constantine granted toleration to Christians. Second, he established a new capital at the century-old city of Byzantium, spelled B-Y-Z-A-N-T-I-U-M, which he renamed Constantinople, spelled C O N. -N 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 S-T-A-N-T-I-N-O-P-L-E. With this new Rome, Constantine made the Eastern Empire the center of power. The reforms of Diocletian and Constantine had mixed results. They revived the economy, and by increasing the power of government, they helped hold the empire together for another century. Still, the reforms failed to stop the long-term decline. In the end, internal problems combined with attacks from the outside to bring the empire down continued. For centuries, Rome had faced attacks from the Germanic peoples who lived east of the Rhine, spelled R-H-I-N-E, and north of the Danube, spelled D-A-N-U-B-E, rivers. When Rome was powerful, the legions on the frontiers were successful in holding back the invaders. Some of the Germanic peoples who lived along the borders learned Roman ways and became allies of the Romans. As early as 200 AD, wars in East Asia set off a chain of events that would eventually overwhelm Rome thousands of miles to the west. Those wars sent a nomadic people, the Huns, spelled H-U-N-S, migrating from Central Asia toward Eastern Europe, which they reached by 370 A.D. These skilled riders fought fierce battles to dislodge the Germanic peoples in their path. The Visigoths, Ostrogoths, and other Germanic peoples crossed into Roman territory seeking safety. Visigoths is spelled V-I-S-I-G-O-T-H-S, Ostrogoths are spelled O-S-T-R-O-G-O-T-H-S. With the empire in decline, Roman legions were hard-pressed to halt the invaders. Under pressure from attacks, the Roman Empire surrendered first Britain, then France, and Spain. It was only a matter of time before foreign invaders marched into Italy and took over Rome itself. In 378 AD, when a Roman army tried to turn back the Visigoths at Andronopoly, it Suffered a stunning defeat. Roman power was fading. New waves of invaders were soon hammering at Rome's borders, especially in the west. In 410 AD, the Visigoth general Alaric, spelled A L A R I C, overran Italy and plundered the city of Rome. Meanwhile, a Germanic people called the Vandals, spelled V A N D A L S, moved through Gaul and Spain into North Africa. Gradually, Germanic groups occupied more and more of the Western Roman Empire. For Rome, the worst was yet to come. Starting in 434 AD, the Hun leader Attila, spelled A-T-T-I-L-A, embarked on a savage campaign of conquest across much of Europe. Christians called Attila the Scourge of God because they believed his attacks were a punishment for the sins of humankind. The Hun invasion sent still more Germanic peoples fleeing into the lands of the Roman Empire. Finally, in 476 AD, Odacer, spelled O-D-O-A-C-E-R, a Germanic leader, ousted the emperor in Rome. Later, historians referred to that event as the, quote, fall of Rome. By then, however, the Roman Empire had already lost many of its territories, and Roman power in the West had ended. The passing of Rome's power and greatness was a major turning point in the history of Western civilization. Why did Rome fall? Modern historians identify a number of interrelated causes. Perhaps the most obvious cause of Rome's fall was the invasions. Still, these attacks were successfully part in part because Roman legions of the late empire lacked the discipline and training from which earlier Roman armies had benefited. To meet its need for soldiers, Rome had hired mercenaries, spelled M-E-R-C-E-N-A-R-I-E-S, or foreign soldiers who served for pay to defend its borders. Many were Germanic warriors who, according to some historians, felt little loyalty to Rome. Political problems also contributed to Rome's decline. First, as the government became more oppressive and authoritarian, it lost the support of the people. Growing numbers of corrupt officials undermined loyalty too. So did frequent civil wars over succession to the imperial throne. Again and again, rival armies battled to have their commanders chosen as emperor. Perhaps most important, dividing the empire at a time when it was under attack may have weakened it beyond repair. The richer Eastern Roman Empire did little to help the west. Economic problems were widespread in the empire. Heavier and heavier taxes were required to support the vast government bureaucracy and huge military establishment. At the same time, reliance on slave labor discouraged Romans from exploring new technology. The wealth of the Roman Empire dwindled as farmers abandoned their land and the middle classes sank into poverty. Some scholars have suggested that climate change was yet another reason for reduced agricultural productivity. In addition, the population itself declined as war and epidemic diseases swept the empire. For centuries, worried Romans pointed to the decline in values such as patriotism, discipline, and devotion to duty on which the empire was built. The need to replace citizen soldiers with mercenaries testified to the decline of patriotism. The upper class, which had once provided leaders, devoted itself instead to luxury and prestige. Besides being costly, providing bread and circuses may have undermined the self-reliance of the masses. Although we talk of the fall of Rome, the Roman Empire did not disappear from the map in 476 AD. An emperor still ruled the Eastern Roman Empire, which continued to exist for another thousand years under the name of the Byzantine Empire, spelled B-Y-Z-A-N-T-I-N-E. The phrase the fall of Rome is, in fact, shorthand for a long, slow change from one way of life to another. Roman civilization survived the events of 476 AD. In Italy, people continued to live much as they had before, though under new rulers. Many still spoke Latin and obeyed Roman laws. Over the following centuries, however, Germanic customs and languages replaced much of Roman culture. Old Roman cities crumbled and Roman roads disappeared. Still, the Christian Church preserved elements of Roman civilization. As we will discuss in later audio lectures, we will learn how Roman and Christian traditions gave rise to medieval civilization in Western Europe.